beyond that. In the same way that it's hard when you feel like your job is to comfort people in really, really like hard situations, I'm finding like the really obvious gestures to be not empty but not helpful. But things like hearing somebody sing a song that feels good to hear or feels a way to hear, or sitting down at a meal where you felt feel taken care of. Those are the only small things that, at the time, for me at least, that actually made me feel any better. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast, where we bring the stories and struggles of artists climbing the ladder of success and how they survive the city of dreams, Los Angeles. I am your host, Daniel Tuttle, and as always with me is our producer, Michael Lutheran. Michael Lutheran is not here, but I am. So, am I the guest for this conversation? Um, Arnold, you're supposed to be here next week. Oh yeah, alright. See you guys later. And remember, keep walking out. Michael, where are you? I'm scared. Oh my gosh, Daniel, I'm here. Sorry. Uh, Arnold, like... That was so weird. He, he just pushed me down while I was in the street. And <laughs> he pushed you down. He pushed me down. Okay, uh, well, let me just do the intro again real quick. Sure. Let's take two. Definitely. Um, hello, I'm your supreme leader and master of all things, Daniel Tuttle. And with me, as always, is here to do my bidding, my servant, Michael Lutheran. Hello, everyone, and Master Tuttle, Master Bear. Go get me my tea, please. Yes, uh, Scoopy. Yes. Uh, okay, that was good. That was good. Let's try one more. I was good just to test some new intros here. Um, <clears throat> hello, I am your god, Daniel Tuttle. And with me, as always, is my angel, my beautiful muse. Mr. Michael Lutheran. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> That's who would be my muse, is Christopher Walken. Why hey, not? everybody. Thank you so much for having fun with us. Michael, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, and hello to all of our listeners. Very happy to be back. You know, uh, last episode, we sat down with a one-on-one -on -one interview with Kim. Uh, we talked about so many things. We talked about her journey from San Diego to San Francisco to Los Angeles, kind of how she was pressured a little bit by her friends to come to Los Angeles. <laughs> hey, we always need a gentle push, right? Yeah, somebody's. I mean, I think you've said it before, right? How you wouldn't have come here if you really hadn't had friends kind of already. Here. Yeah, that's what I was talking about in the you know in the outro of right. the last episode. That that is sometimes you need that outside force to say, hey, no, it's okay. It's it's a safe place. Come on down. <laughs> right. And we also talked about how she started her musical journey with a Casio keyboard when she was a kid, two guitar, and I'm pretty sure she said she plays her own instruments a lot. Oh, yeah. No, she, she talked about how she studied music theory. Mm -hmm. And I always am amazed by people who can just do that of just like study how to, you know, by themselves in a way, study a particular instrument and then mm -hmm. you walk up and do that application yeah, for it. It's just fascinating. I'm fascinated by people who can stay awake in music theory. Actually, you know, our sound editor, Kel Torados, shout out, shout out. Uh, he is actually one of these people <laughs> where stay awake. Well, he was the person who, to introduce me to how to play guitar. Okay. And then in high school, he went from guitar to bass and then he, uh, he was on drumline for oh, a while. Wow. And the dude is just so, Insane when it comes to musical ability. So, scale of one to Kim, how good are you on a guitar? <laughs> are you Arnold good? <laughs> oh, I thought we were gonna like Kel's gonna do an insert of his response, like that he's on a level of Kim to Kel. Where is he on that scale? No, okay, okay. No, 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 just one to Kim. <laughs> oh, one to Kim. Uh, uh, he's definitely like I'd no, say you, you me? Michael. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> this bit has gone off the rails. Yes. Take two again. Yeah. Michael, on a scale of one to Kim, how good are you, Michael Lutheran, at the guitar? 
Uh, I would probably say about a negative one. Okay, oh, that makes sense. No, I, I maybe a four. There's an there's a star chord, right? That's a thing. That's a thing, That's right? A thing, right? You, I can hit a power chord and be like, you just slap it with your hands until it makes noise, right? That's really how you do it. Yeah, we should actually, you know, probably let the musician Kim Tillman talk more about this, right? That might be the best bet, yeah. Yeah, so uh, going into Act 2 with Kim, I get to join the conversation about settling in after moving to Los Angeles, what to expect, and how to make Los Angeles your home. Uh, we talk about music and about L.A. and the impact it, uh, it has, as well as how to find that emotional stability uh, in a city that's always changing, always moving, and again, how important it is to have a support system in this town. So please enjoy Act 2 of our interview with the real Kim Tillman. Kim, myself, and Daniel, take it away. You want to be All right, we're back. Thank you so much, Mike and Daniel in the studio. We're here with Kim Tillman, a uh, wonderful musician and artist living in L.A. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for staying with us for a little longer. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're joined here by the producer, the wonderful producer of Hollywood Hustle, Mr. Michael Lutheran. Hello, Michael. Ooh. Hello, everyone. So happy to officially be on Official. The that's, that's a great word for it. Uh, he's officially joining us for this episode. Rather um, than uh, calling out some calling opinions. Out from, yeah, calling out and watching me sing. I promise I won't sing as much on this. Episode. I don't believe it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, Hopefully, I don't start. We'll hear it because then it'll. That I don't believe happen. at all. Uh, so, Kim, uh, let's just talk about LA. LA uh, in general. Um, when you moved here and you were from from San Francisco, um, what what did you find in the city? What are some of the discoveries you made around LA? I thought I was going to get here and experience like serious culture shock. Like, having moved down here from the Bay and to the city that people talk about in this really, really mystical way, like Los Angeles, you know. Um, and then I got here and was like, oh, I'm from Southern California. This just feels like, this feels like home. Feels like more of what you used to. Yeah, I can get the, I can get my favorite comfort foods. Everybody looks like everybody I grew up with. Like, easy, you know. I, the, I think the, the lifestyle-wise, like... LA feels very familiar to me, and my experience was the deeper I got into the work side of life here, the the more stark the the differences are between this town and every other town I've been to. And I know because I'm from Northern California. Sure. San Francisco, the Bay Area itself is much more condensed. Yeah. You know, you have lo- very tall buildings going in the sky, and then you come down here, and it is that kind of spread Sprawling. out. So did you feel that kind of pressure being released from when you came down to San Francisco or was it different because you were now surrounded by it? Well, it was different because like I lived I lived in different parts of the Bay Area. So I went to school in Marin. I lived in Nevada for a little while after that, which is like the, the more sort of like rural, dusty horse town in a very nice area. Mm-hmm. So it's like dusty and there are horses walking down the street but that person's gonna get off a horse and get into a a mercedes you know and it's i mean it's that kind of town and it's it's down home but it's still very nice and and so and it's it's like 
there's woodsy areas like Marin's got Stinson Beach. It's this really oh, I love like Stinson Beach. There's a great uh, um, B and B like with fish and chips. Yes, place best fish and yes. chips I've had in America. There and and there's there's really wonderful cute little spots like that all over Marin. Um, you go to Oakland and it's so much culture. There's so much art all around. The, the weather's city. incredible. It's a beautiful place to be. The San Francisco's got so much culture and so much um, history. And when I, so like I didn't, I don't feel like I moved here and and was like, whoa, I'm not in this like like concrete jungle anymore. Like there, the bay offers so many different looks, different kinds of landscapes, and um, that I think you can kind of find whatever you're looking for. So when I left there, I felt like what I got from coming back to LA was like, whoa, this feels very familiar. I assumed it would not. I right. assumed it would feel frightening right <laughs> to some degree but i got here and was like oh they have mexican food that tastes like growing up right so yes. i'll be all right it's not as different as you thought it was totally i gotcha did you realize anything about yourself when you moved here i think i'm realizing self about myself all the time like i am not super invested in what other people think about me like i just i'm a minority man it's so easy to be like i don't need to know <laughs> no thank you that's cool um and I think in some ways it makes it a lot easier because I always just get to be myself. And, right. you know. I realized I don't mind quinoa. Really? That's awesome. I hope th- maybe someday I'll realize the same. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm on board fan quinoa, quinoa. I'm just saying if it's in there and I can't do anything about it, I'm not mad. Well, I'll say I'm from Vacaville, California. I know Vacaville. You know There's Vacaville. There's a place that's got great uh, chili cheese fries, uh, like carne asada fries. Where, where at? I don't know the name of it. I just I have a friend, a group of friends that are like a, like a, they have like a punk music house in Berkeley, and they're all they all moved out to Berkeley from Vacaville. Sure. So, and I have a friend out there now. Actually, you know, it's not that big of a yeah, space. Yeah, no, you I mean, the same thing. My, my town's like 100,000, 120,000 people. So yeah, might even know who you're talking about. Right, right. There's a really good chance, actually. Yeah, but um, what I was gonna say was that at least, you know, there wasn't that much healthy food. Sure. I would say. In Vacaville. That's true of a lot of places in California, which you forget considering there's so much well, and the, and, very you know, high-end food. This is where food. agriculture is based, right? You know? the, in this specific state. Sure. And then you come down here, and for me, it was learning more about food and, you know, different, like the diversity of food with Thai food, Vietnamese, just anything possible that I did not have sure. in Vacaville. And that was so much of a great entryway well, into the city. I, I think part of the city, it's weird, is that there's this weird culture that brings you into where you're like, you change in, in some ways with, at least for me, it Absolutely. Did. Like when I moved here from, I'm, I'm from Dallas. Okay. And Dallas is um, barbecue, Tex-Mex, mm-hmm. actual cheese queso. Not queso fundudo or dito, whatever that crap is. All right, Daniel. I'm not Los Angeles there. tries to stuff down your throat. Don't let him miss um, me. <laughs> but no, uh, uh, no, like it's it's. But really, like one of the reasons I was I was I was all I was excited to move to LA is the really the only things to do for the most part in LA, especially Mesquite, where I'm actually from, right outside of Dallas, is eat. Sure. Go to the movies and eat. That's really most of Dallas. Um, now there's the Ar- Arboretum and there's you know the Planetarium and there's all that stuff as well. But there's but just not, the there's not there's not uh, affordable plays sure. constantly because they don't have such a support where they can charge ten dollars a play. But right. you know, some place costs like a hundred dollars. Like 
That's who, who not who can afford that. That's the, that actually loves and that's cost prohibitive in a theater. space that could be making uh, that available to everybody. No, absolutely, and I think. But for me, coming here. I found myself wanting to try things that I never thought I'd sure. want to try. Um, being okay with eating kale and being okay with eating quinoa and eating a somewhat... I mean, I still have my cheese queso and I still have my you know sure. fries and burgers, but not being okay with eating something a little healthier or different. Well, it's also food is that you know universal bond. Yeah. Like music in that wherever you're from in this world, you have your own unique flavor your your own unique sound and there's something i don't know like a ritual about sitting around a table Absolutely. eating food and through the food you learn a lot about the people you're with mm-hmm. and from the conversations that come around and stuff like that the very loud conversations yes yeah. i was thinking uh something that i learned i've learned from my time in la is that like what you were saying about the food like i'm i wasn't i'm not like a food tourist or anything but i came to town and went wow there's so much here we've accessed so many different kinds of food and learning how seriously people take it like having an like having an understanding of like the difference between people who like to cook and people who are passionate about food um really kind of opened my mind about like people who are people are passionate about a whole world of things like people who are woodworkers are making the shit out of stuff. Yeah. And they're going to be doing it whether or not you're thinking about them. Mm-hmm. But like that whatever it is that you like to do, you really you can make that your work. Well, I think also it's 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 incredible because again, going back to Dallas, it's all chains for the most part. There's very sure. rare that it's an independently owned restaurant that's doing well or that you know of. Mm-hmm. Here, that's I would say it's a good either if not 50-50, 60-40 of chain and independently owned so i think you get more of that passion because you go to this place you know sam's you know french cuisine diner where you're like this guy named sam sitting in the back or charles but he called it sam because that was his dad or whatever but you're getting his passion because he's on a chain there's not sam's french cuisine diners in every state there's one on sepulveda near you know wilshire that is his and that is his, that and is he his sees restaurant. The point of putting that love in because yeah. this is mm-hmm. this is right. And so you get that you, that you would never get anywhere else. And I think that's that's what I love is that most places start here or in New York. So you're getting those that food for the first time before it becomes this big chain that but buys more co- economically. So they're buying fresher ingredients. They're 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 getting better stuff. They're you know um, experimenting with the kind of food they're making. I used to work at the. It's not there anymore, but I used to work at the the large pot Jamba Juice, and uh, Chef Roy Choi came in, and I got to make a Jamba Juice for him, and I was like, "This is for you, Chef," you know. (laughs) And and I remember when I was in San Francisco, I was walking down the street, and I passed this poet that I had seen on Deaf Poetry named uh, Jeff Trenchard, Mm. and I was like, "Here I am in this part of the world where." I can see people doing what I know I want to do, just passing them on the street doing the normal thing. In L.A., that's tenfold at least. Oh, right. so where you're like, like I, I think about you all the time. I saw your movie the other day, and here you are on the street being a real person. I guess I, I could be that. See, I, I think I'm bad, though, because I don't know how many people like I would legitimately recognize it's outside. Of, to you. You know, yeah, I, I think like it would have to be like, I think there's maybe three people. There's a few people I've recognized that were like, D-list like reality show or like on MTV, co- uh, guy code. I rep- and girl code. I've seen some of them around. 
Okay. Like, because like, they go to UCB and they do stuff. Oh, at UCB sure. Okay. And things like that. Mm-hmm. But like, if I like, I was like, if I saw Aaron Eckhart at um, a Starbucks, would I know it was him? Like, would I be able to put that together being in a space that I don't see him mm-hmm. in on a regular basis because he's not in a show called Starbucks? And would I be able? <laughs> right, right. Would I realize that at that moment? Maybe I'd realize it later. Like, was that? Like, I think it would constantly be like, was that him? Like, I think it would be set constantly, unless I actually asked him. Like, I met, I saw Danny McBride at the Arclight sure. on Aww, Sunset. Oh, that's a dream. But he was, like, zooming. Like, he sure, was... Sure, I bet. I, I am on my way to a movie. I bet Do people love her, me. love him and need to say stuff yeah, to him. Yeah, and so it's kind of like, okay, so... But I could. he's got such a unique look, you recognize him. Yeah, there's so no, one, no one else yeah. is Danny McBride. He's a, yeah, he's a super distinct look. See, I think the celebrity that we've all probably encountered mm-hmm. in some way is, like, Jay Leno. Driving around this town, I've actually not seen Jay. What I'm was he driving? Did you see him? What was he driving? Oh, I see him driving no, almost never, like every really? other week. Really? Yeah. I assume it's a different car every day because I've never he seen Jay. Does whatever he wants. Yeah. Really? really? Yeah. I haven't either. I. And the funny thing is, whenever I see him, mm-hmm. it's a different vehicle. That's what I would say. It's either a motorcycle, mm-hmm. some cool. Like, I would be so car. disappointed oh, if that wasn't the case. Yeah. It's like you drove the same car he's twice. He's, he's, like, right, he's, like, he's on a moped, or he's like he's driving a. My old Toyota yeah, Corolla. Yeah. A tricked out Razor stu- now, scooter. Now, yeah. now, Michael, what did we learn about assuming in this moment? This is true. <laughs> this is true. So, um, so how, you know, one of the things we've, we talk about regularly on this on, on the show when it comes to L.A. is that not to be depressing or, or down or on L.A., we're not trying to keep people from coming here, but L.A. is a big town. Yes. And it's easy to become lost physically and also like emotionally sure. and, and it's and it's easy to kind of get to a point where you're just like i don't know what i'm doing here especially if you're trying once a any, week any kind of like your own kind of career sure. that, that is you or your own push like so there's times where it's easy to kind of go a little crazy to get a little lost you know uh physically and mentally how how do you stay sane what helps you stay uh, uh, positive, and I know it's, you're not always positive. No one's ever positive all the time. But what kind of brings you back? What helps you kind of stay leveled? I I would say I'm lucky as a person who's like a fan of a lot of things, who's like a nerd in a lot of ways. Mm. That there's stuff I know I like, and that stuff that I know I like just kind of exists all the time, and I can find it. Like whether that's I'm gonna watch an MMA fight, I'm gonna play D and D with this group of people. Like I know what I enjoy, and I can at the very least have like the means to start reaching out to the people around me and go, yo, I'm losing my mind. I'm going to have to play. I need to be a wizard again. <laughs> you know? I, you know. <laughs> don't we all? Right, right. Like, I, I don't want to... I'm tired of I'm tired of this normal stuff. I want to do something else. I think I think whatever that cathartic stuff is, you, like, I think it's really important that you invest the time into figuring out what you like because it's so easy to spend a lot of your time doing stuff that you don't like. And I think people who move here are seeking out an, uh, an opportunity to carve away for themselves where they don't constantly have to do things they don't like and have that be what their life feels like. Well, it's it, we've, it's been mentioned on here before. It's so easy to stay home. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to like, I don't want to drive all the way up to Studio City. Well, I don't want to drive all the way up sure. to, you know, all the way to Pasadena. Once I get there, where am I going to park? Yeah, like, uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of detractors to driving and moving in the city. I think I, I'm super controlled by my guitar because... I'm upset, and it goes, hey, like, I'll... Hey, Kim, what's wrong? You want to hang out? You want to talk to me about it? Well, so I've had it for years, 
And so it just sits in a little stand. And when I cough in my room, I can hear that cough reverberate in the guitar. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. Bless you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> By the way, your guitar is Cleveland from yeah, the Family Guy. I man. hope not. Hi, Cam. Oh, no, I guess Cleveland's not so bad. No, that's fine. And Loretta, I'm, yeah. I'm down. That's fine. Hey, Cam. What's... What you doing? That's almost uh, like Will Ferrell as uh, Harry Carey. Hi, <laughs> I'm hot dogs. Yes. <laughs> You're a hot dog. Would you eat yourself? So I'll play guitar at home and, and play, you know, when I'm sitting in my room going, I'm really good at this. Nobody even knows how good I am. I'm in LA. I'm trying to live my dream. I'm playing guitar in my room. People should hear me. Well, oh, uh, shit, that's work. I, I need to put the work Excuse in. Excuse me, can you stop playing the guitar? I'm trying, my kid's trying to sleep. Uh, well, not, not they in, need to hear me. Well, thankfully, you know, it's a town that gets pretty noisy, so it's easy to feel like I can do this because they're, you know, doing whatever. Everybody's building their thing. Everybody's loudly making their thing. And, well, I, don't, I don't know if people, wrote, sorry, just, I'm speaking of the noise thing. I don't know if it's true. It's something I like to say is because um, my wife was pregnant in LA, um, sure. I think my I, that's why my son can sleep through helicopters mm. and sirens. Yeah, because he got used yeah, to it's it all already while he was in in the womb. And I, I think that if we lived in like Mesquite, which is pretty quiet, you hear a siren every now and then, but it's, it's not. Reality. I, mean, I think probably now because it's kind of gone downhill, but. Uh, it's one of those things where I think I don't think he would be able to. It's very weird being quiet places. Like yeah. I don't like when it's quiet because I can hear everything. I'm yeah. super sensitive. I'm like, Sorry, what's you, that you about? Were say something oh about well, that. I was just gonna say that if what when I, I guess for you there wouldn't be a time where you know hitting the guitar and it doesn't sound good or anything. Is, what else? Oh yeah, outside I mean, of for music? sure. <laughs> That's something yeah. that happens. But outside of music, though, what else would you like? Where is, is there a specific place here in LA? that you go to to find that solace to help fill that creative well it's i think it just keeps coming up you talk about food yeah. um i don't know have you ever been to grub restaurant yeah grub is one of those places I think it's it's, it's on uh, <laughs> it's on seward here in town they have uh, something on their they have an item on their menu called crack bacon it's a the, like, yeah, it you sounds do. F- so familiar because I've heard crack bacon before. I feel like I have been there. So the Maybe thing about I the I don't remember. I love that place. I walked into Grub and it was the first place that I'd been in LA that felt like Oakland to me. Mm-hmm. Like they're like the the idea is that they said that it's like your kooky aunt's house, right. but it's not just that. Like the whole place is super welcoming and fun and feels good, but the menu is just nothing but like American cuisine, comfort food done heartily. Yeah. America. You want a mac and cheese that's got uh, uh, pulled pork on it? You talk to my friends at Grub. America. America. So, <laughs> I mean, so, like, I remember I had a show the Friday after the shooting at Sandy Hook, and I didn't want to do it at all. <laughs> you know, I was full of all of my feelings, didn't know where to put them, certainly didn't want to get in front of a room full of people and start crying about children. But, like, I remember when they had the, the, for a lot of reasons, I remember the shooting at the Bataclan in Paris, and I was worried about a friend of mine who was in Paris at the time, and he's the kind of dude, he's a music dude, so he's the kind of dude who probably hasn't, isn't that far from that place, and it turns out he had been, he had just driven somebody to the airport who was on their way to that show, or to a show there, I'm sorry, that's not true, on a way to playing a show there, um, so he was as connected as I imagined he might have been to that place, and a lot of big musicians at the time canceled their shows 
because they were like, if it's not safe for people and we can't make it safe, then it's, it doesn't make sense for us to bring them all together and put them in a position where they're not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt really, felt like it was important as like a, a musician who is not you too and doesn't have to worry about 10,000 people, that it's like, look, you, me, and the 30 other people in this room can do a thing. And it's not a big scary deal. I'm not going to make you, like, you don't have to walk into some amphitheater freaked out about this. Like, I felt at the time that there was something important about being a, an independent musician who could show up places sort of on the low and still get let people get that stuff out. You know, um, the the uh, shooting in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, last last mm-hmm. year. June. Oh. It's uh, almost a year. Yeah. 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 Um, we uh, my a friend of mine works for Yahoo and was in charge of the LA section of the the, the gay pride parade mm-hmm. and their their part in it sure. and had invited my wife and I. Uh, to walk in the parade with mm-hmm. them. Now, this is not a political show. Whatever you believe, you believe. Not, I'm not, there's, wh- whatever. Um, but I believe in humanity, and I believe in human lives. And when that morning, when my wife and I found out about it, it was interesting because I think you, you, some people would look at that and go, well, we have a two-year-old. Sure, plenty of people go, that's not about let's, me. Yeah, uh, let's... Sure. Let, let's hang here. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of what you were saying, I think it's important, though. We go, no, no, no. We're, this, is, this is more important now for us. I, was, you know what I mean? It, it could be because it was more important to go out there and go to, to be a part of the people that are going out there. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, I think it's brave to bring people together because that's what people need in those moments to try to be. It's, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to stay home. But I think it's important also to be like, it's okay to come here and be safe with other people. Sure. And show that together we're stronger. So we ended up, after having visited Grub for the first time, my a friend of mine, Chris, and I wrote this America. song. We wrote a jingle about Grub. And it was just about the bacon. And it was really like a short little thing. And they were like, whoa, can we use this? And I was like, yeah, of course, this is for you. Like, we made it because... Your food is great and we care about what you're doing. But beyond that, in the same way that it's hard when you feel like your job is to comfort people in really, really like hard situations, that it's, I'm finding like, I was finding a lot of the really obvious gestures to be not empty but not helpful. But things like hearing somebody sing a song that feels good to hear or feels a way to hear or sitting down at a meal where you feel, feel taken care of. Those are the only small things that, at the time, for me at least, that actually made me feel any better. Handmade soap from a friend of mine who makes soap. And to feel clean and smell nice in a time when everything seems terrible. Right. Um, so having visiting Grub, which I, I don't want to make this whole thing a commercial for them, but I love them. This is an episode of Hollywood Hustle, not sponsored by Grub. Not yet. I love Maybe you, though. Maybe one day, Grub, America. Um, but it was not, like one of my first experiences in, in town here where I was like, whoa, everybody's building something different, but those things are so important when nothing else helps. Mm-hmm. An incredible meal when everything sucks. Uh, uh, something that is homemade, handmade when everything else, when, when a material shit doesn't feel yeah. good. It doesn't um, really matter. Right. And, and being here and going, oh, so many people are here to do that. That's what I'm here to do also, and 
there are a lot more people here who understand how to get their thing out than I do. And I think if I'm going to learn it, I'm going to learn it from them. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, with, you know, like that, it, that's how it go, going to that, the, the parade felt because it was like everything meant more. Sure. That music meant more. Because people the, were brave enough to do the it. The people dancing meant more. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting there talking with my my good friend who I I adore and laughing with him and joking with him and seeing him with my kid, it was like that meant more to me than sitting at home, being afraid and watching the news. Sure. And so it's like, I can sit home and just be like, oh man, this is terrible, and just wallow in that sadness, or go out there and find something better than it. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. again, not that it's wrong, not that it's bad. If you need to sit there and you need to you need that time to sit in it. To find that that sure. space, it's totally fine. I'm definitely somebody who takes more time. So when when everybody did the women's march, I was home. Right. I was home having having moved here from Oakland, where you don't always get treated very well when you're protesting. Yeah. So I came here thinking about that army veteran who got shot in the head with a gas canister by the police, mm-hmm. and was like, "If that's what you're gonna do to a veteran, I'm nobody. Right. I don't want to get beaten up because right. I believe in something that I can't articulate while I'm running away. Right. You know." Um, so I stayed home. And but this is about women's rights and women's rights. <laughs> I just think we should be nicer to each other. <laughs> you know, and and so I, my activism is rooted in the words that I use when I'm talking to people and the ways that I can create the situation where I can talk to people because they like my songs or whatever. Like enough people like my songs that I can invite to places and I can say, hey, but while we're on the subject, please be nice to one another. But I think this goes back to kind of like what we talked about in the last episode um, how that that connection with your music or you know can be strong for someone where you know there are times when I'm feeling something and I'm just like I need to find that song sure that that will push me through it well I, I, I would say that yeah. but also like that I think first though I need to find that song that understands it sure mm-hmm. you and know what I mean and it varies so so wildly like sometimes all I want is Eminem yeah, <laughs> you know, you want the theme song to what you're feeling. That's yes. exactly yeah. like I want the music. If this was a movie right now, this is the song that would be playing underneath what's happening. In I my mean, life. you're already singing your th- your things. You're already singing things that you're feeling. Right. But if someone slid in next to you and went, "Oh, you mean a song about this?" and said it and said it in this way Oops, that you were no like, "Reality, thong, 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 thong." That was it. That's that, all. That's the Perfect. song I needed. That was exactly the feeling. You're walking on the beach and you're like. <laughs> That's that's the song they got you to go out and march with the women's right? March, right? Was, the thong song. Those trucks were so scandalous, and I disagreed. I said that's not scandalous. That's, that's scandalous. just somebody you know, being I'm them. Go out and march. She's just being herself. She's just being a woman that just wants to be free. <laughs> don't criticize her. She's a CEO. Don't shame. Don't thong shame her. Not at all. <laughs> Do what you need to. Um, so. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you know the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I do. Um, I mean, not personally, not yet. Well, yes. <laughs> um, they have a song called "Under the Bridge," and there's a lyric that says, "Sometimes I feel like I'm that my that sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in, the city of angels." Um, do you do you feel agree um, with this as a portrait with this as a portrait of LA as as a loner city, or do you feel like it's more of can be a more of a communal city? I would. I would say if there's anything big you're trying to do, you can't do it alone. You just cannot. Um, I think that solitude comes from taking all this, the, the input that you have and sorting it and making something of it. So it makes sense to me that, that it's easier to feel connected to the place that inspires you than the people around you that aren't necessarily involved in the process of processing that information and creating something out of it. Because like, 
working on music is really isolating. I mean, at least for me, when I'm by myself, I end up doing a bunch of stuff alone and nobody has any input. And to a degree, that's the point for me because I got to get this stuff out of me. But like, uh, I, I might have mentioned this earlier, but there's uh, the Latin American writer who talks about how, yeah. right, like it's lonely because you put this stuff out and then people consume it. Right. That's it. You mm-hmm. take it in. And then you create something with that, and then either it gets it either get it gets consumed, or it gets ignored. But again, it gets consumed in individual connections. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and and you might not have any part in that connection outside of the years it took to get you to a place to make the thing that you can send out into the world, and that's a ton of effort on the front end. That right. that's like a big investment in a relationship that might not yield anything. And that's I mean that's not the point. I don't make music so people can show up and go. Like, here, this belongs to you because I like what you made. Like, I don't care about that. But, like, the people who want to support it, that's cool. But, I don't know, it's it's isolating because you're like, this is hard to begin with. It takes a ton of effort on the front end without getting anything back. And you either have to be okay with the fact that it might take years to get what you want from this or it'll tear you up. How do you how do you love it when it's, like, killing you? Right. I think that's, I think that's the hardest thing is finding that balance of the career and the personal life where especially at the beginning you have to put a little bit more into that career um then sometimes you don't want to ignore the personal life but i think sometimes you have to say no more than you'd want to certain things i think because you have to keep pushing yourself sure you know you have to be like sorry guys i've got to work on this song or i've got to work on this monologue tonight i would say i'm not very social because i'm usually working on something or resting after having worked on something right. and and like it it's hard to be like yes i think all of you are wonderful and i'll see you in two and a half years when i'm done with this project you know I'll come out glorious <laughs> or or horrible <laughs> it'll be heinous it'll, i'll just mind my fingernails will drag behind me and i'll so, be aware so a lot of songs about crack bacon is really what it's, it's gonna be <laughs> I man, I would do a whole record of food that they made. They have so many kinds of mac and cheese. Don't don't let me talk about them anymore. <laughs> do, uh, do you have any favorite? Uh, do you have any favorite local bands? Well, it's L.A., so it's like the biggest bands in the world. Um, I would say if I ever ran into Fiona Apple, she'd probably be the first person that I wouldn't have anything to say about. Like I would just see her and go, "Oh, yeah, you the apple." I've I've had years to think about this, and I still don't have. <laughs> How about like up and coming bands, like bands maybe you've seen just kind of around the town that are just local Ooh. indie bands? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an impossible question because I've played with so, so many people. I'm going to start with a, a rapper I know called Senor Benedict the Moor. Um, oh, and great he, name. Yes. It's not just that he's got a great name. What he's doing is full stop great. And he is on a Death Bomb arc with the guys from, um, with David Diggs, who's in the band Clipping. Oh, yeah, Clipping, Clipping. yeah, yeah. So also may know David Diggs from a small show called a bit. Hamilton and uh, Blackish as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he's also and he, he was also in Law and Order. I didn't SVU. know that. I'll have to watch it. I've I, you know he's from Oakland, so yeah. we've got friends in common, he's and I've always Law and Order SVU. Law and Order that's the best one. Yeah, because I get in the personal lives. That Vincent D'Onofrio one always puts me off. Criminal I, Intent. Yeah, well, he's, I feel he's like supposed something... to be like Sherlock Holmes, and he always just to me is like he's too smart. He's very—he's so smart. I assume that he—I always assume he's the villain 
and it never ends the way I think <laughs> like it's going to. Out, he's going to be the twist. He's going to be the Moriarty. Well, because I saw him in the cell when he oh, was so that much. Is so scary. Yeah. Or Kingpin on, on on Daredevil, man, where he is just fantastic. So yeah. great. He, you know, he's he's so good at being like terrifying that every time I see him, I'm like, no. <laughs> are you good or are you bad? I don't. No, know. I have to assume that he's going to be brilliant, which is going to be oh, trouble. No, no, no. Like I mean, like a good guy, bad guy. Sorry. No, I know yeah, he's yeah, going yeah. to be very, very smart. Yeah, and it might not go well for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? I uh, I just played a, a show with a band called The Perfect Pair. And um, their guitarist also performs as Mr. Mud, and he has a beautiful voice. The two of them together sing beautifully together. Um, what kind of music? Like singer song or duo stuff, like mm-hmm. like real straight. Like I don't want to say James Taylor and Carol King is like real too specific, but like if you've ever heard of the musician, oh, what's his name? I want to say it's like Keaton Keaton Henson. He is a He's got a, a real, like, light, lilting, like, beautiful, clear, like, bell-toned voice, but real small. He sings in a small voice, but right. it's up high, and it really makes you feel like you're, like, high strings are getting plucked when when he sings. And you're like, uh-oh, I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carlos sings, like, uh, a bit like uh, Keaton Hens- Henson, and, and I just it just really appeals to me. Um, I'm trying to think of, like... I, there's so many people whose music I just have been very lucky to enjoy. Um, my friend Myriad plays in a band called Mod Pods, but Myriad Slits also plays by herself. She'll go up and do, like, with her drum machine and tear it down, burn it down on her own, holding a mic and just having a, a board in front of her. Right. Do, you, do you find that a lot of musicians here in Los Angeles will, they don't have their just one band, they play in multiple different projects? For sure. I mean, like, I'm in multiple projects, yeah. and it feels... And and I, the feedback I get sometimes is like that's confusing, and it's like I don't I don't know how not to be like I'm gonna end up moving from one project to another anyway, and if it's appealing to me, I have the luxury of saying yes. It's like but if that gets your voice and your you out, I mean that to get that opportunity possibly for someone to hear your stuff, like somebody could listen and go I really like the girl in that song. Who is that? They look it up. I wonder if she has some own. I mean I've done that where I'm like sure. who's that? Who's that? Uh, Kesha was a background singer. Cheryl Crow sang background for Michael Jackson. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In the eighties, big hair, killing it. I think almost like every, for the most part, singer has female singer and guy singer have been either just guested on someone's track. Well, it's like anything else, or wrote songs for somebody. If your voice is your instrument, you're going to end up using it professionally somewhere. And and it doesn't hurt to make those connections because you never know. You do a record with somebody, they get signed. They go, "Hey, you need to hear this girl. She's awesome." And nobody listens to anybody's music. Goes, I would like them, but they make too many songs. Like, no, ew. Do you please only make three, please? Ew. What are you like prolific? (laughs) Do you find that working in other bands? Also helps stretch you musically. Certainly. Pushes you in different styles Certainly. that you normally wouldn't go. Even just um, from musician to a mu- musician. Because mm-hmm. if you perform with anybody long enough, you kind of get a sense of what they're going to do or what, what, what their style is generally. Um, and the moment one other person shows up, and you're like, whoa, I've never thought about playing trombone like that. And now I hear it in the other stuff I'm doing. And it changes the context for what I'm, what I'm, how I'm considering what, what's possible. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well... I saw you play the drums, and now I'm thinking about playing the drums. And now that I'm thinking about playing the drums, it's really affecting the way that I play guitar because I'm thinking more about the rhythm and what you guys are doing. You know, no matter who you're working with, you you have to be adaptive and you have to be listening. And, like, 
to the degree that like music is a conversation when you're working together you're all you know developing an idea like I don't I can't imagine a situation where I I could be doing consistently the same thing sure. the whole time and, and like you sound the same here as in this other project that you're you also know and it with. doesn't even and it really just doesn't feel the same like I've got a couple of songs that use pretty similar chord structures or, or like chord configurations and like they don't sound the same because they're different songs the sentiment is different and it, it comes across differently yeah. I mean what was it the Beatles were known as the four chord band yeah Right, of they the majority of their songs are all the same chords. Yeah, that's but, why so many people can blame them. Right, I yeah. was gonna say I always I always think of myself as like having like a punk aesthetic, but the only thing punk about my aesthetic is that I don't want to learn more chords. <laughs> like I'm, I'm I'm content just chugging away on that small hand. You know, it's 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 easy just like chugga 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 because who cares? You know, if you like what you're hearing, it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as you can make you can stretch it and make it sound different every time, or make it have different feelings to it. Sometimes I play stuff and I'm I'm like on stage making myself bored by it. Right. But there are people out there enjoying it, and it trips me out. But I'm like, if you like this, I don't necessarily have to change it until I'm until I'm so bored I don't want to play it. Right. You know. So, um, going from local bands to like the music scene itself. I know before I moved to LA, I I had always heard about the Viper Room, the mm-hmm. Whiskey, you know, the Rainbow Room. Sure. But being here now and gone going to see those shows, I've seen. It's almost like you know those those used to be where everyone used to play. Okay. Where are the places that people are now playing? My my first response would be the bootleg. Bootleg, yeah. I mean, they're they're creating like a strong arts environment generally. And I think, you know, it just enriches people. Like, they make it so obvious that they want you there and, and they're excited about the work that you're doing that, like, it's just, it becomes really easy to attract the kinds of people that get other people excited to be there. Sure. Um, I've been seeing a lot of really very fascinating-looking shows at the Hi-Hat. It seems like the Hi-Hat is on its way. I think they're Where's over Where's the in, Hi-Hat? York Boulevard. I believe they're in Highland Park. Okay. I believe they're in Highland Park. I like the smell. I thought maybe the smell might be closing, but it sounds like they um, put their they, that they managed to fundraise for it. Okay. We'll see if that's that's working. I'm always I'm like it's a, it's so sad, but I'm hesitant to like ever get too attached to any to any venues because I'm like it ships in the right. night. Oh, but you know where I've been playing a lot lately, or I've played a few shows recently at the Pack Theater. Oh. It's on the part of the complex in Santa Monica. Yes. Okay. Um. And so they they do seven days a week of improv and comedy and classes, and um, I did their show Black Magic Live, which is a I, mean, I guess they're all kind of there's there they do like an ensemble cast of actors and writers who get on stage and perform their uh, sketches. I did a show called The Nightcap with Stacey Roomaker um, and had an exceptional time. I was very impressed with the show itself. Um, and really was like thrilled to be there. Um, and then I just recently did a, a variety comedy show this Sunday. They do it like a brunch time, noon to two show, the, the pack where, um, what do they do? Oh, it's so I played music at the beginning. I, I opened the show and sang, and they had comedians, and then I closed it when it was done, but I, nice. I dug it. It was really cool. Very cool. And I like that it's an improv space because, because I like to work – jokes into my set anyway because I feel like it allows people to go oh you're like a person I, I thought you were a jukebox and you're not you're like saying stuff you actually have human thoughts right where you're like a person I can't just yell things at yeah, you yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> backwards 
Play that same song again backwards. I, I'm Fun only song. I'm only saying that because I'm I'm like a I'm a real heckler, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I try. And so I stopped playing sports because I was obnoxious. Like I'm a very competitive person, and I was like, I can't yell stuff at people. <laughs> uh, not it's not new, proper. It's, <laughs> I it's not cool. I like. I watched a soccer game, like the first soccer game, maybe my freshman year of college, and somebody from the other team was like driving all of us crazy because it looked like he just kept diving, like pretending he was getting tackled, and he just was like hitting the ground and being like, come on, ref. And so he like, I was tired of it, and he like slid, and then was like, ah, and I yelled like, ow, my feelings. And our entire uh, area, like our entire bleachers, just like laughed at that dude, and I was like, that's too much power. Uh, I I can't do that. that guy is now an accountant in Des Moines. <laughs> he doesn't play soccer anymore. <laughs> he didn't play after that game. So what I got into instead was uh, D&D. Ah, nice. Cooperative gaming right. feels a lot better to right. me. It's better to be a part of a team it's than an enemy, right? It's really yeah. fun to be like, we're going to go get him. You know, get like, that dragon that has gold. Oh. Why a dragon has gold and needs gold? I'll never understand that. Because it's about, it's like a, an insecurity thing, I think. <laughs> it's like he's got he's got he's got to make up for other things that he doesn't have. Um, he's not that he's not enormous. So speaking of like soccer and stuff like that, are there any other hobbies or interests that you're into outside of? So I am music? not really. <laughs> like like I work in production, so I have these very long work days. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done, as soon as I'm done, I go home and go, okay, what was the music work that I didn't have time to do today? And I do it until I fall asleep with my phone in my hand and I wake up next to my computer and start answering emails. Um, I mean, I talked to, I mean, a friend of mine recently, I was like, I feel weird about not really having any hobbies. And he's like, you have two careers. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, and the work that I'm doing is mostly all my favorite stuff. We get to, cool, we get to shoot cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I hang out and shoot the shit with my friends and make, like, come up with silly songs and then go, hey, Let's play around with that thing we were like yelling at each other in the car and we'll do it to a drum beat. Sure. And suddenly somebody else starts yelling and you're like, oh shit, it's already catchy. It's done. You know, I don't have to put that much more work into this. It's like, if it's catchy, you're already doing the work. The work is already done. Mm-hmm. And then it's a matter of what you want to relay. Mm-hmm. Right. But all of my hobbies are ma- all of my jobs now. And so I'm just trying to make sure that I can continue to enjoy them. And then also do the music when you can. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I will also do music. <laughs> uh, any tips for, for those out there wanting to move to L.A. or wanting to live in L.A. for surviving uh, living in L.A.? How, how to make it to the, that year three? Yeah. like you're, So in the previous episode, your advice for you know musicians and everything was don't give up and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. What would you say about living in L.A.? I what's hard, what's hard about that like I feel like the best advice to give somebody who wants to move to LA and do it is bring your people with you come as a team um because everybody here is already on a team and it isn't necessarily that they're adversarial but it's that people tend to be really close knit because they that their art is important to them and if you're going to give up all your weekends and stay up until 8 a.m to work on something that needs to be out by 3 p.m. and still needs to be mixed when you wake up in a half an hour delirious dry heave and then start mixing. Like, that is your life. So if you don't have a support system and you don't have a means to cope with really big feelings about how hard sometimes everything is, 
I don't I don't see it as is doable in any sort of sustainable way. And if you can't sustain it, like you can't I, I don't I don't see a, a, a path to like showing up to town and then running it. I, I think it takes building reputation. I think it takes building your craft, whatever that is. Um, and if you don't have a foundation, I don't know what you're going to do instead. Absolutely. I don't know how you get there. You have to have a good base to build that, that city. Sure. If it's sand, if it's if it's ideas that you haven't really invested in any of your time or your work into, don't be surprised if there's nothing to stand on. Right. Like, when you go, wait, you don't know who I am? No, you just moved here. Maybe you're the biggest person from your hometown, but as far as we're concerned, nobody's seen what you've done. And even if it's really good, like, what are you doing now? Mm-hmm. What's your plan? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, don't let don't rest on the work that you did in the past to define what are you currently always doing. I would I, I think broadly, it's just about having a foundation because, like, I've been a music fan for so so long. That, like when I was a kid, and I was watching people that I was a fan of do drugs and have a really hard time doing the thing that felt like the dream to me. It was like, ah, you have it though. You already have the thing. And it, at the very least, it was it encouraged me to be really careful about like how I spend my time and the position, the situations that I put myself in because I really, really want this to work. And I think that there are a lot of things that we've seen that make this much, much harder. And I want to assume that I'm not I'm not so invincible that that shit can't get to me too. If the, if 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 drugs kills our biggest stars, our our most inspiring people, how am I gonna get there if I'm already doing them? I'm I'm not these people. I'm not there yet. So like, I've just tried to be really careful about what what I did with my time and how I spend my energy because I've known forever what I wanted to do, and I know that's not true for everybody, and it's really. It's just as likely that you have like a, a roundabout path to get where you're going. But me, I've always just like, I don't understand why people hurt themselves because you gotta, you got you got somewhere to be. Why why cripple the vehicle? Like you mm-hmm. you can't. It's not helpful. And you know if if you're not sure that that's what you want, like sure that makes sense to me. But like if you are sure, get yourself there and don't put a bunch of hurdles in the way of you getting there. And and sometimes those hurdles are are your ego or um, wanting to feel good quickly i think that stuff gets you if what you think you know i think if you value the if you want to get something valuable out of it that you need to put something valuable into it and if you're not willing to do that i think it's going to be really really hard to get what you want absolutely absolutely well um so to end this out i like to end uh every episode uh with something fun and exciting um before, after Friendster and before Facebook, there was a little site called MySpace. Friendster. Where, where everybody wow. was uh, friended by Tom, good old yes. Tom. Uh, were you on MySpace? I was. I just pictured Tom. I, like, know the picture. And I thought I saw it recently. I was the like, oh, t-shirt. that's Tom. The guy was just looking over his back. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. that picture recently, and I went, huh, that's Tom. That's Tom. Hey, I Tom. how's Tom's doing? Hey, you know, he's, he's, is Tom he's on Tom? Facebook? He's <laughs> that is a good question. I bet you there's at least a fake... Tom. That's where I saw it. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what they're. I don't there's know what they're playing a, at. Got to be a fake Tom profile. Or he's um, trying to. He's not okay, and we got to get him. So silly fun. I, I have a. I have a, a quiz. It's 167 questions. Great. Before we started, I asked you to pick six numbers from that quiz. You know, you have not seen these questions. No, right? I have not. These questions uh, start out interesting and can get kind of weird. Sure. So let's That's see like what this takes. Else. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a roller coaster. Let's see what happens. Wish all right? me luck. All right, you ready? It's all secrets. All right, question number one. 
What are you craving right now? Oh, my God. <sighs> Chick-fil-A, but I can't eat there because they're not that friendly to gay people. <laughs> I Yes. The food's really good, and I gave myself, like, you can go there twice, and then you're done. And I had a friend of mine tell me recently, like, oh, they've changed their policies. They've done some better things. And I was like, cool, I can go back. And I went back, and I walked, and I went, oh, I was wrong about that. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's officially off the menu. Uh, I can't There's, go back. I can't go back. I can't. And yeah. their food's really good. They're incredibly friendly when you meet them. But, you know, There's I can't. One I, There's one I always see on, like, Olympic. Uh, and when I'm on my way over to actually, like, visit you or something mm. like that and i'll always pass by a chick-fil-a and i just have that god i just want to try it but i can't you haven't tried it no well i have had it in the past oh, okay i was like you're but... better off having not tried it because it's don't eat their delicious food. it's crack it's but you know what they got rid of the spicy chicken sandwich so i'm out it's i heard that all their, their... no i'm not going to say that <laughs> i was going to say all their their nuggets are battered in slurm uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right so question number two what is your favorite weather? Ooh. Okay, so lately I've been listening, or like when it's really sunny out, I've been listening to this like website that plays the rain all the time. Uh-huh. And just to like drown out how incredibly noisy LA is, what? listening to the rain. What are you talking about? It's not... Right? It's all helicopters and, and paramedics and whatever. Um, I like San Francisco weather. I would say that's probably my favorite when it's a little bit chilly and it's drizzling and you can throw a blanket up. Oh, sounds of LA. You're hearing this, probably hearing the sounds of LA right now. <laughs> we all just stop and listen to a siren that we obviously don't hear. It sounded like it was falling, so I was waiting for like. So, anyways, favorite. So, 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 rain when it's sunny. Same. Well, no, yeah, no, <laughs> foggy, uh, foggy San Francisco. No, I don't need it foggy. It's scary to drive out there, but like, yeah. just when it's like rainy and gray out, and like it's perfect, like. I don't have anywhere to be, and thank God, weather. Mm-hmm. That's the one. I got gotcha, you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Name something you cannot wait for. Black Panther to come out. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman. Ooh. Oh, no. I'm going to change that answer only because American Gods is coming out on stars, and it's one of my favorite I've heard, films. I've, I've, I've seen that I've so much things. on Facebook. What is it about? Do we know? <laughs> I, no, it's a book. Have you not? Yeah, it's, based it's, on a, a book. it's a Neil oh, okay. Gaiman book yeah, it's about, based on, yeah. about all the different gods and deities that we've sort of cycled our way through over time and what happens to them and how it happens to them and how it doesn't really, it's not perceivable on some level, but if you travel around to different parts of, of the US where it seems like you've got these like weird, like world's biggest frying pan and all this stuff, they're like, they're like cosmic centers. Mm-hmm. That's why they exist there. So there's like a, a carousel that shows that that is a very very important like god temple mm-hmm. and it's it's sort of this pairing of like weird um like weird kitschy almost campy landmarks um paired with these really big ideas see now i i've i've not read the book i've only seen the pictures the stills from the show the trailer um, the only thing I know for sure, these guys got some weird names. Oh, oh, well, okay. So the there's, like, there's, like, there's like Minster Wednesday or mm-hmm. something like that, right? Um, Two Face, Joker, uh, <laughs> Penguin. What? Let's see. Uh, Mad. Mad. Mad what's the guy's name? Mad McSweeney is an old Irish god of some sort who's like a. I think he carries like a hammer. 
It's also the name of my ska band back in high school, Mad That's, McSweeney. I would yeah. no, and if I was in high school, for sure I would go see Mad McSweeney. <laughs> like no, no question, we, we would all really be out there skanking with oh. the. Man, I used to skank so hard in high school. Let's, once, let's not go there. So that the place that I saw that other that big show, yeah. I once saw a really really tall kid picking up like a really really little kid, and he would kick, like they're the same age, he but he you? would kick the air at the at the same <laughs> he the, the time. Well, at the same time with the music, uh, so it was this like two person like thrash dance that people were like, "Whoa, <laughs> what is happening?" Reinvented the art form. All right, so next question: What are your plans for this weekend? That's literally the question that was on this MySpace quiz. What are your plans for this weekend? That's like the hardest one so far. I have, I'm going to leave here and probably spend the night at the studio and figure out how exactly we're going to make this record work. Um, we have a budget now and there's, you know, we got to figure out the details. But um, my starting immediately after leaving the studio, I'm going to drive to another studio and start working on the project or get back into it. And then... I'll wake up on the floor of a studio in a sleeping bag and then go home and shower and Sunday we're doing a, a picnic. Ooh. ooh right? Is some, it in a studio? No. Oh, okay. I mean, every every time you're in a studio, it's like a picnic because it's like, what do you have? I brought an orange. <laughs> we got to split this between three people. <laughs> While we all cry. <laughs> well, we, but if we cry into the mics and we mix it, it, it sounds we'll get, awesome. It sounds pretty sweet. In a year, we won't, we'll, be, we'll each have an orange. Guys, yes. That's a dope beat. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the name of your first school? Castle Park Montessori. Boom. I don't know why I said boom. This Shout is, out to Miss so Martha, Miss Lupita. I remember you. <laughs> I, that sounds threatening. Y'all fantastic. I remember you. No, it was like a it was a Montessori, so they taught us a lot of stuff, like life skills and oh, stuff. See, like that's here's how you safely hold a knife. And I was like three, so I was like, wow, this seems really important. That's why. That's why I went to Boy Scouts. Taught me how to hold a knife, how to hand a knife, how not to cut anybody with a knife. You didn't, and how to cut somebody with a knife. You don't get a knife in Girl Scouts. I was like very disappointed by that. Yes. Really? No, they just teach you how to do sketches, like skits. They give you yeah. scissors and crafts. No, I'm just kidding. It's a lot of yarn that things. That's not, that's not true. We did a but lot of You guys of really... get the better, y'all get the better. Uh, Accommodations? No, no, you get the oh. better fundraiser though. You guys get the cookies. We get the stupid popcorn. We, oh, the popcorn. No, no, no. We don't kettle. get that's the cookies. Gross and stale. We sell the cookies. No, but I'm saying you guys get the best fundraiser. You guys have the cookies that everybody no, we, we, we are... have the cans of terrible stale popcorn what we have to sell. You guys have to sell delicious cookies. We have to sell stale popcorn. Delicious cookies for whom? Where does that money go? You've got how many Girl Scouts in the country? Wait, wait, what I'm saying, what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're yeah, saying. I'm saying, saying is, like, I feel like I was if low I, key part of a racket. If you're selling a dinner with Angelina Jolie and I'm selling dinner with, you know, uh, Gilbert Godfrey, you have a better <laughs> chance of getting somebody to buy that than I do. Whereas I would come no back offense, and be Gilbert. like, uh, so your product sucks, so I didn't sell any. Whereas the Girl Scouts, it's like you couldn't sell Thin Mints. <laughs> oh, okay, I can get. Well, no, you no. know, I think it's more you could sell lemon. Things though, it's gotten so popular that like you don't you have go, to do anything. You go to Ralph's or your grocery store, and they, you know, hey, do you want some Girl Scout? And like I didn't you get know those I people did. who like specifically, I gotta go in an opposite direction. <laughs> like I have. I'm on a diet. <laughs> I always want to make them recite the Girl Scout promise, and then I'll consider it. Oh, Damn. now you guys are y'all. Are y'all, are y'all four fingers, two fingers? What are y'all, three. What are y'all, three. On my honor, I will try to serve God and our country to are we three? help are we, people we at all times and live by the Girl we Scout law. Two. Damn. Still in there. All right, final question. Hit me with it. Are you ready? No. That's the answer. This is a private... Oh, I, mean, I don't know. This may not be easy. Is cheating ever okay? 
Now, there's no, 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 no I'm context, just, I'm context really, to that. So No, I'm just really thinking about it. I think cheating implies intent, right? That that the that the that the it is a purposeful misdirect at least that you're doing something that is that has been relayed to everyone that if we're if we're talking justice and we're talking fairness you're breaking the rules right that yeah. the and and granted many rules are meant to make sure that not everybody gets what they're supposed to get um, I just I think it's too big of a question because I think even if even if I feel cheated. Maybe it's because there's a misunderstanding about what the rules are. But I don't. I don't think. I think Fair. since. I think since it says ever though, ever. that's the question. Is that that's the thing that changes? It's not just saying is cheating okay. It's saying is cheating ever okay? So that's so to me. It's saying is there in life ever an instance that cheating may be okay? That to yeah. me is what that ever adds. I'm not gonna say it's okay. I think the. I think it's gonna happen. I think the assumption that you have to assume is going to happen. And in, in, in any interpersonal relationship, the assumption has to be at some point you're really going to hurt my feelings. I care enough about you to show them to you, so you're probably at some point going to overstep that line. Mm-hmm. Um, or at some point there is going to be something that you may really want. Mm-hmm. And if an opportunity presents itself... Oh. Well, I'm going to say if somebody ever comes up to me and puts a gun to my head and says, who played blah, blah, blah in a movie? If you get it right, I'm not going to shoot you. If I get a chance to Google that real quick and look at it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, sure. I mean, so in that instance, that's he is asking me a question. I am cheating on to get the answer. But I, what you said, there's a gun to your head. So the the, the assumption is not that it's fair. Right. It's not but just that's, in that. But, that's, way. Yes. but again, that goes that ever is it ever okay? That covers any instance. That you have a code. I, I could have picked any number, and you picked the. You picked the <laughs> for the last the one. The very. I, I really like struggled with that last number too. I was like, that's the one. Um, that, this is question one hundred, so that's why. But that's why one. I was like, one hundred seems like it's gonna be pretty interesting. So everybody ponder that. <laughs> we'll have Kim on again another time, I'm sure. I'm gonna come back she, with a definitive answer. If some album. asshole hurt my feelings, and I have an answer to your question. <laughs> We're gonna present that. The first thing we'll talk about when she comes back down the road is question one hundred on the MySpace quiz. Is cheating ever no. okay? Hey, if you think cheating's ever okay, or you don't think it is, you can email us. That'd be great. Uh, but thank you so much, Kim, for coming on. We can't wait to hear your new album when it comes out. Oh, I'm, man, I'm super I can't excited. wait to share it. I've been listening to The Ark on, on Spotify this week, and I love it, so I can't see how you've grown and changed and hear some of your Ooh. new songs. If you haven't heard it, I'm also in a band called Tragic Gadget. Tragic Gadget uh, is the EP, Crane Song EP, I made after The Ark. Okay. So a lot of the songs from The Ark are from when I was much younger, and the uh, Crane Song EP is like a pretty nice jump from where I was to a few years later, and then I think that transition is going to be pretty so cool. It's a good evolution. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you on or social media. You. Sure. You know, uh, where where can they find you? I have a website that is thekimtillman.com. If you want to book me, if you want to reach out to me and say I like what you're doing and I've got some ideas or, um, you know, come sing for me and my friends at our college because that's totally a thing that is possible, um, reach out at uh, thekimtillman at gmail.com and me and my team will be as accommodating as possible if it's reasonable. <laughs> and um, otherwise, Twitter, Instagram, at uh, thekimtillman. I've got a Facebook. It's the same biz. I really tried to make it uniform. I think it worked out all That's right. There, there you go. I tried, there, the I, Kim Tillman, the ladies and gentlemen. Kim Tillman. It's Kim Tillman who's like trying to. I know, make Kim wait, Tillman. Wait, I thought I was the one. Uh, no, I make Kim Tillman. <laughs> if we.
Ask me about that later, but there is. Oh, no. Oh. We'll leave that on that to-be-continued note. Thank you again, Kim. Back to you, Mike and Daniel in the studio. Just, I can't say enough about her. She is just so awesome. Yeah, just discussing. We could have talked for hours about music in LA. We actually did. Yeah. What I, you what you guys didn't get to hear were the other discussions we were having. We talked about Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yes. We, I mean, we talked a lot about comic books. We shared just thoughts about uh, uh, the comic book genre. We talked more about music and what inspires us. I mean, there's some great stuff. I can't wait to have her back down the road. Oh, absolutely. And I can't wait um, for the, the new album of mm. hers to come out. And absolutely. I'd love to get her back on the podcast to maybe talk about that experience. Cause I know I've, I've chatted with her a little bit on the process of it going right now. And she's right. had, she's had to um, figure things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain things maybe haven't gone certain right. ways as they, as she was expecting when we recorded this interview. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a really great, great way to follow how this musician uh, went about creating an album. And I forgot to mention to you, Michael, do you know where Kim Tillman is right now as we record? Is she behind door She's number right three? three? No. She's in Vacaville. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> why, why are you running out the door? Michael, come back. <laughs> no, uh, this is a podcast, so you didn't see what I just did, but I literally just like jumped back you in jumped, my seat. She really did. Yeah, she's in Vacaville right now. I told her to go visit the Nugget. <laughs> oh, the Nugget. I am so jealous. Wait, but back to, back to the episode. One of the things I really enjoyed wait, talking to her wait, about. Wait, she's... Is she going to go to the Nugget? She didn't say. She never got back to me on. (laughs) Sorry, buddy. Kim, if you're listening, go. I hope you went to the Nugget. Um, One of the things I really liked that we talked about was uh, music collaboration, um, where, you know, we kind of brought up, like, is that a good thing, you know, working with other musicians, or does that harm you? And she kind of like, why would that be a bad thing, where I'm, if you grow, I can grow with you, then we both grow, and... It's networking. So then she, that person can introduce me to somebody else that I, I'm on their album and then my name gets out there more, you know? Yeah, I think that's the very cool thing about being a musician, right? Is that oftentimes you can be featured in so many different bands. I mean, even thinking about uh, some of the bigger names of back in the day, like Jimmy Page. He's not, he wasn't just on Led Zeppelin. He's featured on in so many other different bands. And I think that's a really cool thing specifically about musicians is that they can play like one instrument uh, in one band, but then jump to something else. Absolutely. And another, and they have that freedom and change their styles so quickly. And and that's something else I think we talked about was just about how, you know, experimenting with something new and changing what you do as yeah. you go on. Yeah. And each letting each band affect, you know, you and to learn from them. And I think that's all levels, right? Like, any chance you get to put yourself in a room of people who are, you know, more talented than you in a certain thing, you're only going to grow. And if, after, you know, nine episodes of this podcast, if you haven't gotten the idea, or actually 10 episodes of this podcast, that having a stable support group in LA is important, I hope this episode kind of helped push that even more, that you need 
a, a, a crowd to cheer you on in LA. Yeah, like, it, it's, it, it's 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 not it's impossible to be here without it. You will be here for a very short period of time if you can't find a way to build a network. And for someone like Kim, think about in the previous episode, she talked about how she was so shy. She would just be that person holding onto her guitar like a security blanket in the corner of the room, right? But she she's figured it out, right? She came to LA and she realized of what you need to do to get through this town, to get through that LA struggle of feeling isolated. It's all about just going to a place and talking to the people. And she stayed herself. Like, she's still her, just a little more open, I think, yeah. to, to th- new things and new people. And also, in case you haven't realized, Los Angeles has got some real good food. It's got really... I mean, we don't talk about it enough, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talk about That's it just possibly. enough. So, so next week, we have some other great episodes coming up. Yeah. Uh, you know, coming up, we have, on our next interview series, we talk to a, a scream queen her, in her own right. She is a true Wonder Woman... No, it's not Gal Gadot. I'm sorry. Uh, we tried getting Gal in. Her schedule just didn't. She's just it. in this movie that just came out recently. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Is it Wa- ramen? Wonder Ramen. P- possibly. Is it about good ramen. Yes. Oh, great. But no, uh, this one's the next best thing. If we couldn't get Gal Gal Gadot, we have Ashley Nunez, who is so fantastic. Ashley has fought psychos, robots. And tourists on Hollywood Boulevard, where she does a wonderful cosplay as Wonder Woman. She has been in several horror films where she's teamed up with her brother to bring to life some truly scary cinematic moments. With Ashley, we discuss her love for the horror genre, working closely with her brother, fighting robots, and being a mother while pursuing her dreams. So make sure you check out Act 1 of our interview with Ashley Nunez next Tuesday, June 27th. And also make sure you follow us on Twitter at, at LA Hustlecast. Fo- follow us on Facebook, uh, Hollywood Hustle Podcast. And on Instagram at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. And if you have any questions for uh, Ashley that you want us to reach out to, or if you have questions for Kim or Kurt or Jessica or Daniel and Michael, send it to Hollywood Hustle Podcast at gmail.com. And make sure you visit our website that our, our, our good pal, uh, Mike Tobias, uh, put together at HollywoodHustlePodcast.com. Uh, where can you find the podcast other than iTunes, Michael? Definitely. So we are on various uh, you know, podcast streams. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on Satchel Player. We have just been approved for Google Play. So you can check us Yay. out there. Yay, I love Google. Um, and yeah, so just reach out to us. Share the episode. Share it with friends who you think would be excited. So we've now talked with actors with theater makers with storytellers with magicians and musicians and all of them are continuously going to keep up the hustle this episode of the hollywood hustle podcast was hosted by daniel tuttle and produced with michael lutheran Kel Torados is our sound engineer, and Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information about the show, please visit our website at hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.